Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Rugby podcast with your hosts, Damien Warren and Toby Harris. Oh, Toby. It's yeah. been hey, struggle street technology. for me this week, mate. Hey. I've had, I reckon I've had COVID, mate. I've had COVID. It's back. It's back. I don't know you whether look, you've heard you about look, that, but it's back. Mate, you look rough as guts, eh? You look rough as old boots. Do you know, um, so it was really nice to see you on the weekend, by the way. Yeah, it was really was nice lovely. to see you. In yeah. fact, it was like, you know, when they say love at first sight? Uh, I've never I've seen heard you that before. phrase. <laughs> I've seen you before, so it wasn't love at first sight. It was love It was love reconnected. It was again, just so it? good to weekend. be able to, like, say something <laughs> yeah. and then see your reaction to it. You know, like, shake of the head, yeah. like, Toby, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? That's the stuff that I'm I missed. know. It was really... It, it was really good, actually. But, you know, it's still nice doing it this way, but it's it's definitely nice uh, in person. But um, how's the week been for you? Been kind to you? Mate, it's cold. It's probably Woke cold, up. Yeah. It's, minus uh, four degrees. Yeah. Mm. Now, I know some, I bet you someone out there is going, oh, four degrees is warm to me. Yeah, well, you're obviously in a Canada. place where it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Canada or Alaska or something like that. Do you know um, what I love is those sort of Instagram reels where people have um, got hot water and they oh. take it outside and they throw it up and yeah. it freezes. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I love a good video like that. What I didn't realize was, which I still can't work out, but apparently it's easier. It's, it's it, it freezes quicker going from boiling hot than it does if you went out and it was sort of lukewarm water so don't know I've, why but apparently it freezes better being hot than it is being lukewarm you know when you throw it up like that is it also the steam that makes the effect as well you know obviously the little droplets no. they freeze but then when you throw it up it's the steam of the boiling water that is like oh my god it looks so cool oh i know what you mean cuz maybe the sense? steam itself is freezing as well which yeah. helps it freeze yeah. yeah yeah there you go mate see this is the this is the reason why we pay you so much to do the podcast <laughs> mate it's time anyway we need to go <laughs> Um, we're going to go over breaking news. Do you want to go first? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, yes, I do actually. And my first one. Okay. And this is, I'm just bringing up the photo. Okay. Now, by the way, it's not of me and the nutty. Okay. But it's close oh. enough. It's almost as good. Oh, okay. Taking <laughs> really? a break. This is going to be amazing then. Taking, oh, taking a, a break. Yes. yes. Owain Farrell story. has announced yeah, he will be taking a, a bake from international rugby. A, 
Okay. Now, what I'm going to ask you, I was going to ask you this later, but I'll ask you it now. Do you reckon this is kind of a forced break or do you think this is genuinely he's made the decision to take a break? I think he's made the decision to take a break. A, he's probably knackered, but also B, he yeah. he wants to go out on his own terms. Because I don't think he's do really he's ready to retire break, Or do you think he's retiring? Okay. I think he's retiring, but it's one of those where I think he still wants to play international rugby and like body-wise he can, but I don't think he's good enough to. No, I feel like, I know you're going to almost be sick in your mouth here, but I do feel a bit sorry for him. You know, he's got a lot of stick. Um, even his own fans are booing him. It's one thing for us as Hang on, Kiwis hang on, hang on. I'm going to stop you there. To boo him. To boo he him, has fa- right? He but has your fans? Own <laughs> Apparently so, you know. <laughs> well, like, I'm a big fan, tell you what, so that's one. We Listen, we might not like Geordie Barrett back in the day, although no, no. he's my new favourite player, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, when he, when he put on that black jersey and he was playing for the All Blacks, I would never have booed him. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, never would have gone to a game and booed him. No. Now, this is what was happening to Owen Farrell. He was getting booed as England captain while he was playing in the World Cup. Now, that's pretty awful, yeah, it's awful, but you fair. Know, like, Harsh, but fair. <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> Feedback is accurate. <laughs> but, um, you know, and at the end of the day, Borthers did pick him in that semi. And to a certain degree, you know, he played pretty well in that semi. I just think I do feel a little bit sorry for him. He's England captain. Um, and, you know, he hasn't particularly been treated very well. Maybe I don't know whether Steve said, look, I think you should just take a break. I'm not going to pick you for the Six Nations. So, Or has he gone and said, look, because I, I just can't imagine Owen Farrell doing that. I can't imagine him saying, you know, on mental health grounds, I'm going to step back from the game. I just, I just don't, I just don't think he's that type of guy. No. You know, he's a very, very competitive guy. And I just don't think that he's the type of guy that's going to say, I, I'm going to stop playing. Yeah, so maybe it was but, like a, a sort of friendly hand on the back yeah. and just go, or hand on the shoulder and just go, this is my plan. You're not in it at the moment. In it. Moment. Yeah. So, get yourself get yourself playing a little bit better. Because, you know, the, on the weekend he, he kicked and he missed a whole load of kicks as well. Um, which is so unfarrow like, you know. The one yeah. thing that I would say he's he's excellent, he is world class, is his kicking, and especially under pressure. You know, when the pressure really comes on, he's always come up trumps with his kicking. Yeah. So you know, mentally, I think he's always been very, very strong. That's been the best part of his game. So the fact that the other day he missed a whole lot of kicks, I did think at that time maybe something's got. You know, now that. I put two and two together, basically. I didn't think at that time, but now I'm thinking that kind of maybe links up to him making the decision that he's not going to gonna, gonna uh, play international rugby for a year or so. But uh, anyway, it is very interesting. Uh, a great story, sir. Great story. Um, my first story is Scott Robinson. Mm. And he talks about the big turning points in his career. And I thought okay. it was quite an interesting article. Um he said he, when he was playing, he loved the physical side of the game. He wanted to be the alpha male out there on the pitch. And basically, he would find out the opposition player who was the alpha in their team, and he would just make sure he dominated them. So that was wow. the first thing, which I thought was wow. really interesting. But when he, got, when he got into the ABs, he was under the coaching guise of uh, Wayne Smith. And basically, he knew after working with Wayne Smith – that coaching was going to be, you know, the way that he was going to go because yeah. he just loved it so much. And so basically he went from there after finishing playing in Japan, he literally um, went to, um, you know, sort of start coaching at Sumner. I think it was Sumner. Uh, I think Down it was in Christchurch. And anyway, in Christchurch, yeah. And basically 
Now, this was going, he turned around a team that, that literally never won anything in the Christchurch area and turned them into a huge success when it comes to um, playing in the Christchurch area. Then he gets picked up and he goes from strength to strength and we know the rest of the history. But I did think it was really, really interesting. He basically said he learnt how to talk to the, the, the builder how to get him motivated to play. He learned how to, um, you know, get like a, a lawyer and a builder together and get some ground where they all agree. And, and you know, absolutely, you know, absolutely fantastic. He learned a lot through those and he's just taken it from strength to strength. So, you know, after reading the article, I thought I am really, really excited about him taking over the All Blacks because he's exactly what we need I think moving forward yeah it'll be interesting actually to see who he brings in player wise if there's anything different you know if is he going to bring in someone and we're kind of like well what like really or is it going to be sort of just the stock standard is it going to be his decision or is it going to be like the selectors? You know how New Zealand have like selectors, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Is it sort of going to be one of those where it's like, this isn't my team because I haven't picked it? You know, how much say if, do they have? I wonder if he's for the eligibility rules changing. You know, is he for that or is he against it? Because I know moving on to my next row, which I won't do, but, you know, there is questions about that going forward. And because, you okay. know, if he is going to be supporting those, changing those elig- eligibility rules, then it makes a big difference to the, the New Zealand setup. Um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'm not quite sure, but that is a big question mark because that means then he could get a Richie Moanga back, um, you know, and I think... If that's the case, then he, you know, a Lester Fianuku could come back and play for him. Oh. But I think if we look at the talent that's in the All Blacks at the moment, I can't see a lot of bolters coming in at the moment. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be same 10? old, same old. You know, there's no Bowden Barrett. Damien McKenzie. Damien McKenzie. Yeah. But then, but then who's after that? Um, Stephen Perdafinua murdered that oh, name yeah, again. But, yeah, but he did murder it. Yeah, good player. But then, like, good player. Is, and then you just need yeah. a third, mate. Yeah, but and you need a third, and I'm sure by what the end about of a the year back? there'll be halfback. Oh, they got loads, mate. Oh, they got uh, they, TJ Perinara. Yeah, but they've he's got not Finley a starting All Black. He's not a starting got, All Black. Um, well, he is, isn't he? He has done. TJ. Yeah, but he's not. I know anymore. what you're saying about TJ. Um. Okay. Well, what about Cam Roygaard? I rate Cam Roygaard. I yes, think you do rate. I him. think he's really good. I think he's really good. And I do think that he is probably not a starter, but I think he could start. And then, you know, then you know, there is there is good good scrum halves around. I mean, I don't think we've got any issue at scrum half. I'm not it's very difficult to replace an Aaron Smith. Um yep. of course it is. It's very difficult to replace a Dan Carter, but we did do that with Okay. Richard okay. Wanger. You know, I'm gonna I think, do my I think I'm when that hole's there, when the hole's there, they fill it. Go on, you go. I'm going to do my um, my question to you early. All right. Okay. Where do you think we're in trouble? I don't think we're in trouble anywhere. I think the only place where we are slightly in trouble is in the midfield. Still. Okay. I don't. But think that hasn't got changed. Very has good. It? No, know, we haven't gone. I, I, from I genuinely being really good. No. To then yeah. being dreadful. It's, it just hasn't been that great throughout. I would say possibly we are we're a little bit lacking in leadership. When you look at the team and you look at Whitelock gone, um, Richie Mwanga gone, um, um, who else? Brody Retallick gone. Uh, some of our senior front rowers are gone. I do think we're a little bit lacking in in leadership. I would imagine most of the leadership group have kind of retired or gone. You know, Kane being one of them, he's off to Japan, isn't he? So for the short time, um, Artie Sevilla's off to Japan. So so there's a big um, a big sort of void there. Who's going to take that up? 
but I can imagine someone like, you know, I'm just trying to think now. <laughs> uh, Damien McKenzie, you know, doing a good job uh, leading the leading from ten. Um, I can imagine Geordie Barrett, probably Geordie Barrett being a decent leader in the midfield. But yeah, I, I do think we are lacking a little bit there. You know, Dalton Papali'i is kind of becoming quite a senior player, and he hasn't played a lot of ABs rugby. Yeah, in reality. So that's where we're lacking. Are we lacking in quality? No. Are we lacking in a little bit of depth? Yes. Do I worry about eight years' time? Probably, um, which is you know ridiculous to say, but I think we're fine for the next four years. I think right, we're okay. absolutely fine for four years. We've got loads. And then you just hope that some of these young guys, like a Ruben Love, starts to come into his own this year. Yeah. Um, one or two young young bucks. And I've have heard there's a couple of fly ass in the mix that could be, you know, coming good at the right time. Mate, what's your second story? So my second story, I've changed it slightly. So um Courtney Laws has yeah. uh, obviously he's not playing in England anymore. Or okay. isn't he's he's moving or has he moved? No, he's just he's retired from international rugby, but he stay he's staying to and playing with for Northampton, as oh, yeah. far as I believe. So he wants to play for the Lions. So he's given up wow. international rugby, but he still wants to play for the yeah. English and Irish Lions. Okay, now I can't remember is that a, is that a year away or is that two years away? Because um, if it's a year away, if it's a year away. I think it's it's a realistic goal for him. Um, if it's two years away, he's not going to be playing international rugby, so there's absolutely no chance that he could be selected if he's not currently playing international rugby. Is is he a good is he a good player? I think he's a very good leader. Um, I I would imagine you'd want him in your squad, um, and I think he's a very. I would argue he's just as good as a Toje. 2025. Okay. So, no. I don't think... So, it's still a couple of years away. He can't go, can he? He can't not play. I don't know. In in, in the premiership's not great level. You know, it's not like... If he's playing in France, you might be able to understand it, but he's playing in England when the salary caps have dropped and the quality of the competition has dropped. Imagine chucking him in. I mean, they are going to Aussie. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, Probably they should right. win that, shouldn't they? <laughs> it's going to be great, actually. Yeah. Pick him. <laughs> um, mate, my next one is Kieran Reed warns the NZR against all black eligibility rules. So there's a little bit of talk here that, you know, the NZR are going to relax those rules and allow players like... Leicester Fainuku, Shannon Frizzell, um, Richie Mawanga, you know, who isn't that old to come back and play for the All Blacks, even if they've taken overseas contracts. Yeah. And what Kieran Reid is saying is it is a terrible idea because it will ruin the the New Zealand competition. It will ruin the New Zealand competition, which which is he's absolutely right. What do you suggest? I think they stick with what they've got. They they go sabbaticals. Um, I think if you maybe if you're on a sabbatical, I think maybe you could go and do even like a two year sabbatical for players who have played over fifty caps. Um, and you have to play in Japan, which is close enough. You know, not playing in Europe would be a, you know, or France where they ruin you. And that means that in, during the sabbatical, possibly there you can come back and play international rugby. Um, if I was gonna, if I was gonna do anything, that's what I do. And actually, then the only problem is, and this is the really good point he makes: if your top players aren't playing in your ne- in your local competition, why would you watch them? And we see this with the. Um, the rugby, um, you know, the Mitre 10 Cup or whatever, right? 
you know, no one goes and watches because all the All Blacks aren't playing. So yeah. if that's then repeated in Super Rugby, who's going to want to, who's going to go and watch Super Rugby if your best players are playing overseas? Well, we've already got problems with the crowds, haven't we? Yes. But so what I, gets I mean, me I just think is... you've got to pay, you've got to pay them more in New Zealand. That's the yes, answer. You... Yeah. The answer is pay them more and tax them less. But the New yeah, Zealand public that. will never, never go for that. No. God, no. But also, like, if 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 they're playing in Japan and still eligible to be selected for the All Black, I don't think that's fair because the Japanese competition isn't that good, though, is it? Compared, you know, so they're going to be it's not going to be a great build-up for them playing in the Japanese competition to then go to international rugby. Yeah, I mean, they have they have proven in the past they're slightly off the pace, aren't they, after a year playing in Japan. I mean, like, Kirtley, um, not Kirtley Beal, um, Quay Cooper did prove that in certain positions you do, you can kind of come back into it. Um, because, you know, he's been playing in Japan. He's, he hasn't played in Australia for a while, and he came back and played really well for the Aussies, but maybe he's just a rarity because the, the level over there is a lot lower from what I've heard. It might be improving, but I agree. I, I think you've you just got to find ways of pl- paying them more money to stay in New Zealand, and I'm not sure how you do that if you can't fill your stadiums and you can't sell your Super Rugby TV deal. And that's really what it comes down to. You've got Philly stadiums and you've got to get paid a good amount of money for your, for your TV deal and both of those things aren't happening at the moment. Okay, so how do you, how do you change it then? Where do you get the money from? I think it all starts... Well, I think it all starts from... Gra- gra- um, grassroots. So if you have a strong, like, okay, when we were growing up in New Zealand, there wasn't these problems, right? And there wasn't these problems because of a few things. Number one is the grassroots was in a great state. You know, I can remember when I was playing, uh, my school put out like five teams, right? Um, most of the big schools put out five teams, the, the the clubs had teams as well. So, you know, your Sumner would still have a team, might even have two teams. So my point being is was the grassroots was great. But that meant that we all turned up. We all turned up to watch them play on a weekend for the Crusaders or for the NPC team um, because the best players were playing uh, both NPC and Super Rugby. And with that, the competition was amazing. You know, it was the best competition in the world. So therefore, the TV rights, they got paid a good amount of money. I just think that the French League has gone in a different level. The Japanese League has gone at a different level. They've and just got more money, though. That's the thing. They've, they've got, got more money to yeah, back but, them. But why? Because they're big populations. You know, New Zealand's got a small population, so we are reliant on having the overseas fan club, which I don't think we've ever truly um, got to grips with. Yeah, okay. You know, because apparently the the brand, the all-black brand, has gone up in value. I can't remember by what percent, but it's a decent amount since the 2019 World Cup. So even after we've had quite a rocky road, over the you know the last however many years, we are still going up in value. That means the overseas markets still see, um, you know, the All Black brand as the best. And I think that comes down to values. You know what what the All Blacks do portray is good values, strong family values, respect, uh, hard work, all those things. Which means that you know the overseas companies still buy into the all black brand okay so here's a question it's about it's about go on how much is the all black brand worth i've got it right here oh wow good question that isn't it um is it something like 500 million nah 
Is it not? What nah. is it? 282. <laughs> 282. 282 million. Okay. 100. Is that pounds or is that? It's million dollars. Uh, is that, so American dollars? I assume so. So I would imagine that's like 400,000, you know, New Zealand dollars or something along that, those lines. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, um, you know, obviously the, I think it's the biggest brand in, out of all the rugby teams. Yes. So, so, you know, uh, you know, finding ways of, um, of, you know, greasing that wheel and, and making sure that you spread the love down into your player pool, really. Um, but you know, it's not easy, is it? You know, if you can't get your locals to turn up and watch the game, it looks crap on TV. You got no chance. Even if the rugby's good, you've got no chance, do you? So you gotta sort out the it's gotta come right from right from down at the very, very, you know, grassroots level. It's gotta start from there. Mate, what caught your eye over the weekend? I've got a few things that have popped up. Off you go then. Uh, concussions in rugby. So there's been another big study that's come out to say how bad rugby is for the old brain. And it's not talking about the elite game anymore. It's talking about the junior game. It's talking about rugby in schools. Now, unfortunately, this um, this article was written by an absolute nugget who was very one-sided in his um, in his breakdown because he didn't talk about how rugby related to other sports you know because you know playing any semi-contact sport you would imagine there are concussions so you know he's not talking about stopping hockey from being played or netball or basketball um just rugby not football you know we're talking about hitting the ball and stuff none of that it's just like oh rugby's bad but my question to you is how far away are we from schools not having rugby on their curriculum? Sorry, pardon? I missed that. <laughs> um, how far away are we from schools not even having rugby on their curriculum? Oh, we're pretty close, I think. I mean, I can only talk from, from my point of view, but you don't need many parents to say no. For you to not be a, not be able to put out a team, agreed. We've you know here we've got some kids that, or parents of kids that have said no, and it's kind of like what, and then it becomes a thing of, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, it's been put back on the school. You know, my kid doesn't want to play rugby, but they're forced to play rugby. There needs to be an alternative. I just don't. What, what are you going to do about it? And it's like, well, we're not going to take you know, one member of staff for two kids or three kids that are making a song and dance about it, you know, you either buy into that school's ethos of rugby or whatever that sport may be, and you've got to go with it. Otherwise, send them somewhere else. Yeah, I know, mate, but um, that's just not reality, is it? Because No, I know, but even it as should a dad, be. As a, as a dad... Yeah, a I'm poor like thinking, dad. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Um, poor in both sense of the no, word. No, I, I didn't um, mean it in the uh... <laughs> the financial. Okay. I know you didn't mean it in the financial, but both, mate, both. Um, I think if my, you know, because like lots of parents send their kids to different schools for different reasons, and I get it. You know, if if that school plays rugby, you. You know, you're signing up to that, but I, I just think in this day and age, with the the finances the way they are for schools and for for rugby clubs and for any you know institutions, it's very hard to say. Well, you can't come here if you don't play rugby. And actually, to be honest, I'm not sure. You know, this information's moving all the time. Parents might have been happy for their son or daughter to play rugby when they joined the school originally. And then all of the stuff's coming out and they're starting to rethink. And I think it's very then tough to go, well, you know, I've changed my mind and, and you know, I, I don't want them to play rugby. But I, I get your point. I think, I think, unfortunately, the noise that's happening is that rugby's bad. And I don't think it's 
it's uh, it's all the good stuff. And we spoke about the good stuff last week, didn't we? You know, what rugby has given both of us is a hell of a lot more than it's taken. I hope, <laughs> you know, um, I hope when I'm 75, I've still got me marbles. But what I would say is, you know, I'm a much stronger, happier person through playing rugby because of the of the values that I learned. So there are pros and cons. Rugby is a dangerous game. Yes. Could you get hurt? Definitely. Will you get hurt? You will get hurt. You play the game long enough. You know, I don't want kids to suffer from brain injuries 100%. But time will tell. I think that's the worst bit is we need to now wait for about 15 years to see if yeah. it's going to become a problem. Yeah. But what I would say is I don't know anyone so far that has come out and said, I suffer from dementia who hasn't played professional rugby. You know, they haven't played professional rugby at high intensity for many years. So that's my bit to say, well, where's the evidence to say that if you're not planning, you know, most people do not go on and play professional rugby. No. So therefore, are they really at as much danger as you know, some people are saying, and that, that's the yeah. big question. It, is, yeah. it should be a study um, on players that have played over X amount of games at a professional level. Yeah, but they should also study players that have played X amount of games not at a professional level. Yeah. And seeing how, how it has affected Comparing. Them. Go compare. You know, a kid, someone who's played rugby all the way through school and then hasn't played after school. That would be where we want to where we want to see it because yes. ultimately at a school, the values they learn or stand them in good stead if they don't play rugby past their time leaving school. Well, you know that you know that ties in quite nicely to our conversation last week, doesn't it? Like you say, and old Matt Parker, remember old Matt Parker, <laughs> Matt with the with the voice notes. Cheer, cheer, bro. Check I'm off just to going see to the cousin and Brizzy. Brizzy, <laughs> <laughs> mate, could so, I? How could I forget him? <laughs> mm, exactly. So he he sort of messaged after hearing our last pod. Okay. Yeah. Now this Matt went to another school to my my school, and at a young age he got cancer, and he was told by the doctors like it. You know, he was advised not to not to play sort of a contact sport. Yeah, but he he was he came at it from a sort of different angle. He came at it from someone looking in from the outside rather than being in. Yeah. So he talked about um, you know seeing boys high, the school that I went to. You know how close they were. And they would go everywhere together. They would do anything for each other, you know. And it was it was just interesting to hear his take on what he saw, as in as what and he I was, say this, what he like, might have felt that he was missing. Yeah, as an outsider, you know. Obviously, yes. he wasn't an outsider, but it's those sorts of things that he's was it was sort of talking about. And then he went. He actually went on to um, talk about sort of surf life-saving and, and things like that. But do you think, and I know that surf life-saving is a very individual sport, but do you think at school level, coaches pay more attention to the better kids? Oh, uh, I'm sure they do. It's a tough one, um, isn't it? I think good coaches realise that, especially the younger kids, you know, the kids that are playing in your B, your C, your D teams, you know, if you coach them well, they will be in your first 15. So, you know, I think there's a lot of value in that. But, yeah, I can definitely see at a lot of schools, the top group get all the best coaches, oh. the best equipment, best balls, you know, uh, best experiences, and the others just get left behind. Yeah. Didn't well, really not happen even in included. New Zealand. I didn't really – not even included, yeah. Um very short-sighted if that yeah. happens yeah in general isn't it you know not just in rugby in anything not 100 anything you know if 
if your best mathematicians are the only one, you know, that they get the best teacher all the time, then they might do well, but no one else is going to have that opportunity. So correct. Um, less, lessons to be learned, but um, yeah, very interesting. And and I think that rugby is at a real tipping point point in this country. It's be really interesting to see how that's impacted in 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 places like New Zealand. You know, is it a worry? Is it something that parents are starting to to not get behind um, in New Zealand? If you know. Can you just let us know? Can you just message into the to the pod and let us know? Like rugby in Australia, New Zealand. Um, you know, I I'm, I I don't think the South Africans are that worried. No, <laughs> I mean they're like, they're made of granite. Those boys. Yeah. Um, so um, another one that I, that I saw was referees' views on players. Okay, so um, Luke Pierce, who's a top English referee. Um, didn't come out and say this officially, but he did basically allude to the fact that Johnny Sexton is an absolute nightmare to referee. Oh, I can and imagine him being so. Some godly. of the th- some of the things that he said to Luke Pierce are horrific. Yeah, I bet. Um, w- Wayne Barnes said that he was scared of Martin Johnson, right? And um, when he was refereeing Richie McCaw. He always felt like Richie knew the rules better than him. So, <laughs> so whenever he questioned him, he was like, oh, shit, I've got this wrong. <laughs> Richie's questioning me. It means that I must be wrong. <laughs> what have I done? I just thought it was, what have I done? I thought it was really, really interesting. And then there's also a, a bit of a skirmish, uh, not skirmish, but some of the things that Owen Farrell has said to Luke Pierce on the weekend, apparently was caught up on the mic. So he might be in a bit of hot water there as well. Wow. Okay. Um, but I just thought it's very interesting, isn't it? How these top referees, you know, Wayne Barnes, one of the best referees in the game yeah. uh, for quite a while was scared of Martin Johnson, you know, yeah. although Martin was at the end of his career and he was at the start, but, and then, you know Richie McCaw as well, like going, "Oh crap, he knows bit more the rule. The, you know, knows the rules better than me." Yeah, thought that was um, um, uh, pretty interesting. And the last one, mate, I've got, which really caught my eye, which I'm sure you don't know about, is all of the finances for the Premiership clubs are, are coming out at the moment. And as it stands, every single club is losing millions of pounds. Wow. So you've got Exeter who are struggling to make a profit and struggling to pay their players. But even the most uh, financially stable clubs in the past are still making a loss, you know, at least a million pound loss, you know, and it is a real worry moving forward. That's with all of the salary cap changes and everything. That's just in England as well, isn't it? It's just in England, yeah. Wow. So you can imagine it all across Europe, apart from in France, where they've got very wealthy owners. So that that's the thing, you know. <clears throat> they've got these wealthy owners, but how much are the owners losing? Well, how much you are know, the owners happy to lose? Is is it a similar sort of similar sort of number to compare? You know, comparing the the French league to the English Premiership. Are they losing one, two million a year? But in France, oh yeah, I'm losing one or two million a year, but I'm enjoying owning a rugby team. Yeah, I think that's probably more likely. You know, it's it's more like Like, a hobby. For them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, an expensive hobby, but a a hobby in itself. Well, I mean, these people probably earn billions, so it's nothing to them, isn't it? No, I mean, Overall, they're probably making money. If you if you think yeah, about like a billionaire, know, right? Okay, I'm I'm happy to lose two million here, but overall, I'm actually making a profit on my other businesses. So it's just a, a fun hobby. Oh for yeah, them. no, I don't, I don't think. But the, also, one thing you got to remember is like if they own that team, then they'll probably have their name splattered all over the team. So that's free advertising everywhere they go. Yeah. Um, it probably gives, you know, rugby is, a, is still seen as a respectful sport and all these things. So the brand, whatever they, whatever their uh, business is, you know, the brand has a, is attached to something that's pure and it's respectful and it's, you know, masculine and, 
you know, all of those things. So they might be losing money, but their business might be doing better because they actually own, they're attached to that rugby club, you know, giving back to the communities, all those things, you know, people love it, don't they? So, um, yeah, very interesting. I mean, I like, I, I would love to be in a situation where I could buy a rugby club and support it through and, but you know, there's just not, I mean, I, there must be some mega wealthy people in this country who can splash the cash. They just don't seem to do it in rugby. They seem to do it in football. Well, football's such, uh, you know, you think about what some of these clubs are actually worth and they're buying the clubs for billions of billions of pounds. You know, look. you look at Man United and it's it, they're in negotiations for like three point something billion pounds for a, a football. But they club. are making they are making money though, aren't they? Yeah. You know, that's a club where the Glazers have made money off owning that club. Yeah. They're not losing money. They're not no. having to put their own money in. Um, they're making money. Most of the premiership clubs make money, but it helps with a huge TV rights, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. Gives you a yeah. huge head start. Huge head start. Mate, my question to you today is, is rugby doomed as we know it? Is it doomed already? You know, we've already seen the tackle height drop. We've already seen it more difficult to put out teams. We're, talk, we're talking about in New Zealand, you know, the, the club rugby's nowhere near as good as it used to be. Um, is rugby just doomed? Is it going to have to go through a transformation? I th- I don't think it's doomed yet. I think potentially it's doomed um, in maybe 10 to 15 years when more reports come out on head injuries and things like that. But do you know what half the problem is? I think half the problem is youngsters are lazy. They would rather not do exercise, go out, get drunk, whereas 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was, I'm going to go with my mates, I'm going to play a sport, then I'm going to go out, get drunk and have fun. You know, they're missing out (laughs) that. Yeah. They're missing out the playing of the sport, aren't they? Yeah, I definitely, I can see that coming. I mean, I would like to think we're, we're like like a lot of things hopefully it will swing back round because and you know it, it happens in all sports when i first came to this country um the hockey team that i started playing for you know they had eight or nine teams now they're struggling oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for five yeah. you know where where are you know 50 what? people that's a going bloody, that's a that's a bloody good point you you've made a bloody good point. Cricket teams, same thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, all all just sport in general. Sport in general is just struggled. Yeah, because it's not. It's not. There is just a lack rugby. of people participating. No, it's, it's not ambition. Just You're it's, right. It's fitness. They just don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, well, no wonder the population's getting fat. Or all they want to do is <laughs> hey, go to the gym. Hey, go easy on the fat people, man. Sorry, but go easy on the fat people. Us you're fat, not fat people, we you're not fat, mate. If you're fat, you I'm. You fat. haven't seen this. No, can I just say I've got a dad bod, right? Yeah, but you're not fat. You do not have a dad bod, right? Girls like dad bods. <laughs> do or, they? You know, girl, girls don't like people who are chiselled out of marble and belong in Rome. You know, they don't want that anymore. So, do you struggle with the ladies then, dear? That's not what I'm saying, Damien. You're chiseled, mate. You are chiseled. You are chiseled to an inch of your life, right? And just I think you're doing off. just fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so very interesting. I mean, I think you're right. Hopefully, it's going to swing around. Hopefully, more people are going to partake in all sports. But I think rugby's, I mean, you know, like rugby, in, you know, it wasn't a big sport to start with, so... If that drops, a small sport, you know, becomes smaller much yes. quicker, doesn't it? And then, and then it doesn't help at school that they're not wanting to participate because that's where we want to get yep. them for the long run. Yeah, absolutely. For for their good, for their good, 
And for Correct. the society is good, you know, because I tell you what, kids doing nothing, as you say, getting drunk, vaping, doing stuff they shouldn't do, hanging around the streets, that ain't good either, is it? Yeah, no, that's village, you know, mate. Get them out. Village. Get them into a get them into a club, get them into yep. that environment where there's a bit of respect and some some guidance from some, you know, stalwarts of the of the of the club. It's all good stuff. Correct. Mate, to finish off the show, I'm gonna ask you to tell me the salary caps of the competitions around the world. And I'm gonna allow you to be within a million pounds of the salary cap for that country. Okay? okay. So for example, if I was to say to you, um, the major league rugby competition, if you said to me it's you know two million, okay? If it was one and a half million or two and a half million, you'd still be correct. Okay. Okay. And am I saying it in in the currency of the country, or am I going English sterling I, pounds? I will. I will tell you which currency you're working in. Okay, okay thank you. So I'm going to start with the Major League Rugby. So this is per team salary cap, and we're normally talking about 32 players, I believe, on the books. I think. 32? Just let me double check that. 32 players, yeah. 32 players on their books. What is the salary cap for the Major League Rugby competition? This one is in pounds. Okay, this one's in pounds. Oh, surely it's got to be about 1.5 million pounds for 32 people. Let me, hang on, hang on. I need my calculator here. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't you worry. (laughs) I reckon you're Googling up. (laughs) No, I'm not not Googling. 1.5 million divided by 32. Oh, no, surely less. No, surely more. I'm going to go 1.5 million pounds. Surely more. 1.5 million. Okay, you ready? Yep. You're wrong, mate. It is a measly, a measly 400,000 pounds. What? It's what? terrible, isn't it? Now, so I four hundred thousand pounds in the major league divided by thirty-two, they get twelve and a half thousand pounds a year or a season. Correct. Now, oh. I do believe, like all of these, all of these salary caps, certain players might fall outside of that cap. Um, they might get accommodation covered for them, flights, you know, all of these things. But as a pure salary cap, that's what it is. I was shocked by that. Well, shocked. remember that. Remember Juicy, you know Juicy Joyce. Yeah, yeah. He said that um, was it one of his mates or something. Um, a Gaelic football. It wasn't. It's not a professional yes. game. But the owner of the team hired him in his business to work for him. And he had to work like two hours a week or something, got paid loads, and that was his yeah. payment for playing in the team. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So it's like yes. off, it's like that's what used to happen with rugby. Yeah, like different books. Yeah, so they, you know, like Jonah Lomu would work yeah. for ASB Bank. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see oh, Jonah what, behind bouncer? the checkout. <laughs> exactly. I, I, Just imagine you going to the bank e, and. Hey, B, hey, where's your identification, <laughs> hey, boy? Hey, I'll run over you. Hey, hey. Oh, wait, Cuzzy, you come in, bro. You come in. Hey, you have my pie as well, hey, bro. Cheer, cuz. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, he didn't do much work for ASB no, Bank, did he? But, you know, all of these people had. had uh, Links to, and they never worked, you know. Like, I know people in the police force, they, you know, they, they turned up to the police force and they just did what they did and then they went out and trained. You know, it was a very, very supportive community back then when it wasn't, yes. wasn't professional. Okay, yeah. mate, moving on. Let's go for the United Rugby Championship, the um, Scottish teams. What Scottish uh, is, teams? Are they different ones for hey, Scotland? Yes. 
So United Rugby Championship, you've got the Scottish teams and then you've got your Irish teams and then your Welsh teams. Okay. Right. So what about your Scottish teams? What is their, um, their salary cap? Oh, it's got to be a bit more, eh? Because they're majorly, oh, maybe like 4 million, 4 million Scottish sterling pounds. Oh, is that too much? Oh, it might be too much. Oh, he's got it right. He gave it to me early. (laughs) I gave it to you. I I cut you off before you (laughs) changed your mind. Um, 4.2 million. Oh, hey, I was pretty close. 4.2 million. And how many players on the books? Again, same thing. All of these are 32 players on the books. Okay, so what was it? All right, so now we're going to go over. 4.2 Now we're over to the Welsh clubs. Okay, the Welsh clubs. What is their salary cap for the Welsh clubs? Oh, so the Scottish guys, they get £131,000 a year. That's pretty good, eh? Well, some players are on a lot more. Some players are on a lot less. Okay. Wales. I think Wales have probably got more money than Scotland. So I'm going to go, was it 4.2? I'll go 4.6. Correct. It's 5 million. Oh. Now it has, it was increased from three point five million to four point five million, and it has gone up. But I do believe it might be going down okay. uh, this year. But at the moment, or the last one, it was five million. Yeah, so, so that's now we're going to go and do six million. The, yep, hundred fifty-six million. So one hundred fifty-six thousand, not yeah. million. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. The United Rugby Championship Island teams. Oh, it's got to be a bit more. 5.3. The, the four Irish provinces player costs. Okay. 5.3. Per team. No, 5.4. 5.4. Yeah. Oh, what? You're wrong, mate. You're <gasps> wrong. At 6.6 million. Oh, that's a lot 6. more. 6.6 million. Yeah, a lot more, isn't it? A lot more. And actually, I think that just purely comes down to the fact that they, you know, small country, um, everyone gets behind them, and they've done really well recently. And the the, um, the Irish, they're all contracted to the union. So, yeah. therefore, that comes directly out to the players. So, that's 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 200,000, roughly. Mm. Yeah. Okay, now we're off to the Premier Gallagher Premiership. Okay, the Gallagher Premiership. How many? Now, I do believe this has dropped as well, but this was yeah. taken um, from a year ago. Okay, okay, before they had a big drop in salary cap. Yeah. Um, but how much do you reckon we're looking at there? I think we're looking at about 5.5 then, because they've had that drop, haven't they? Correct. 5 million. 5 million. It was. 6.4 million and it's dropped to 5 million. Wow. Okay, we're going to swing across to the Super Rugby competition okay. now, okay? All right. Rugby. Now, obviously there's a little bit of a um you know, a swing around or whatever, but um the Aussie teams might get paid a little bit less, but I think there is actually across the board they do get paid the same amount to play in the Super Rugby competition. What is that amount for each squad? Is this in pounds? This is in pounds, yeah. Okay. Uh, for 32 players, pounds, New Zealand. Looking at, oh, three and a half, something like that. Because it, oh, yes. 3.2. 3.2. Hey, I got pretty good. Actually, you got pretty good. And actually, that's not, mm. you know, when you actually look at it, it's not, it's not a horrific amount of money. I mean, it no. is. It is, you know, I suppose it is two million less than um, the Welsh, and yep. it's half the amount of the Irish. So, you know, when you look at it like that, it is a, it is pretty rubbish. But you know, it's still an average player. An average player is receiving one hundred twenty five thousand pounds a year. That's quite a lot. And in in New Zealand, you know, that's two hundred thousand dollars. It is, yeah. So. You know, it's not like they're getting paid nothing. And I did kind of think at times they were getting paid nothing. I do think that certain players 
are getting paid a hell of a lot of money and others are getting paid very, very little. Yeah, but we're yes. over to our last one, our last one, which is the French top 14. Okay. Ooh, no, I think I know. How much actually. do you think they're on? Is Ooh. it like 10 million, something like that? I remember reading it a while ago. Oh, oh you're right. It is double, 10 double million tick. on yeah, the nose. There you go. Yeah, double I tick, yeah. I read it recently. My computer's a bit slow, mate. I've been <laughs> I've been pressing yes and no you know, way earlier than it's been going. <laughs> um, it's amazing though, isn't it? You know, 10 million. Each player, on average, is 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 earning you know um, three hundred and twenty two thousand pounds. Yeah, wow. That's on average. So you're a top right. player coming from I've, New Zealand. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now you got to remember the Gallagher Premiership. They do have one non-salary capped player. So someone yes. like Owen Farrell, yeah. he sits outside the salary cap. So they have that. Um, don't think that that happens in New Zealand. So, you know, if you're a marquee signing from New Zealand or Australia or South Africa, you're coming across, you could be paid a million quid, uh, whereas that just can't happen in New Zealand. And I suppose yeah. someone like a Lester Fianuku, I'm sure he's getting paid four or five times the amount that he would be paid in New Zealand because he'll be sitting outside that that marquee player window. Yeah. You know, just think you've got to pay. You've got to play five are uh, too long. You've got to play no. five seasons to make the same money. Yeah, it's sort of a no-brainer, so, yeah. isn't it? It is a little bit, isn't it? Right, I've got a little quiz for you here. Oh, I'm loving this. Top ten most valuable national rugby brands, 2023. Obviously, New Zealand's at top. Is it obvious? Top ten. I think it is. New Zealand okay, so, are at the top. Yep. Ting. All right, hang on. I'll, I'll do it myself. Yeah, do, do. Well done. Number one. <laughs> okay, who's number two? Um, number two. South. Ooh, um, France. Wrong. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, so Sorry, France is number three. Oh, okay. It's not too, uh, South Africa. No. Wrong. Oh, not number two. Nope. Not number two. Nope. Oh my god, England. England are number two. Ah, uh, oh, I've, I've gone wrong one. <laughs> I kind of got it wrong anyway, didn't I? Yeah, you. So did, I've got yeah. <coughs> New Zealand, England, and then France. <clears throat> yeah, that's so right. So I'm guessing yep. it's got to be South Africa now, doesn't it? You're wrong. Oh my god, yeah, they must <laughs> be struggling. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> uh, Ireland. Yes. Ireland. Yep. Okay, Ireland. Yeah, okay. Got so that's is that top four. Top that's four. Top four. Right. So that, come on, South Africa, come for me now. Come <laughs> no, for me now. Wrong. It's got to be. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they've got loads of people that live in that country. Oh, it's the brand though, isn't it? This is what. Yeah. Oh, I've been thinking about it all the wrong way. No one wants the South Africans on there, do they? No. Do you know what I mean? They're not okay. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Got to be Japan then. Get Japan in there. No, you're wrong. Oh, my God. I'm having a shocker here. Go on, just read it out to me. Put me out of my misery. Wales are number five. Wow, I'm surprised. South Africa are sixth. Okay. Australia are seventh. Wow, I'm really surprised S- by that. Scotland, Japan, Italy. Wow, okay. I am surprised by that, just because, oh, Japan is so low down. I thought, you know, the Brave Blossoms yeah. with their population would have, you know, even just in their own country, which is huge, would would up their value, but so not. So, 10th is Italy, and they are worth two, uh, 22.4 million. That's just poor, isn't it? Poor yeah. sums of money. Yeah, you would have thought like even, oh, I just don't know how it all works though, to be honest. You know, because like Fiji, you know, I know it's a tiny country and stuff, but I'd, I'd get behind them. Fiji. Do you know what I mean? 100%, yeah. Yeah. Get Defo, bro. But anyway, mate, it, listen, it's time for the potty to finish, but it's always a pleasure doing the potty with you. What can people do to support us, mate? They can like, share, subscribe. Um, they can 
five-star review. Uh, email yeah, we, we haven't had a... F- well, I looked, I looked, mate, for the five-star reviews. Oh, yeah? And we're a little bit light. You know, we've got a light, we're, all of them are five stars, but nothing recent. So no. please, people, yeah, do. get out there and put a five-star review out for us. Please, that would be very helpful. Uh, Patreon, the link is below. The um, link is below. But <clears throat> we just love an email, don't we? We love a message love on the Facebook, um, things like that. So please. Hey, did you talk to um, our mate at Stephen. Old Stephen? Not yet, mate, but I okay. will. I will yeah. do it on Friday when okay. I've got a bit of time, but I will do it. Uh, mate, anyway, we better go. It's yep. been a pleasure. Until next time. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.